welcome to the LTC University podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University podcast. I have a very, very special show today because I have my friend Cindy Williams from Simply Senior. She's a geriatric care manager and she does so much more than that. And I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Cindy, let's give people um, a snapshot of what you do and kind of your background working in the geriatric field. So I have been a licensed administrator here in South Carolina for quite a few years and I'm actually a nationally certified dementia practitioner as well. So after running buildings for a number of years, I decided to go into private practice and start being able to really cater to families and their needs and what's important to them and making sure that they actually get the care that they need and they deserve. So I work directly for families, um, making sure that you know, not only that the care is provided, but that we're also making good choices with finances. You know, I have so many families that come to me and, you know, they have, you know, moved into this great, beautiful, wonderful place that's way out of mom's budget. And so what they find is that they've ran out of money way before mom needed to run out of money, basically. And so then they find themselves in a really desperate situation, needing care and not being able to afford it. So let's say I have my parents, they, they've gotten to a point where they can't really live on their own and I need to find them placement. They can't live with me for whatever reason and they can't live with my sister. So I call you and I say, hey, Cindy, I need your help figuring out what I'm going to do because they need to be cared for. I love my parents. Where do we even start with that? So every situation is different. I love the way that you phrase that question because the first thing that I do is I go in and do an assessment. And so that assessment includes, you know, what are their care needs? You know, what's their ambulation? You know, how are they moving about? You know, do they have any dementia? You know, what's going on cognitively? And then, you know, and then of course we end up breaking into the financial piece of it of which, you know, is how, you know, where are they financially? Do they have enough money to have caregivers come in? Very few families actually have the resources required long term to have 24-7 caregivers in the home. It can range anywhere from 12000 a month up to 17000 a month. Wow. And, and, and if that caregiver, you know, even with a great agency, if that caregiver's sick, there could be a lag you know, and and somebody being there, which can be a little bit scary if they're left alone. So we're going to look at the whole picture. And so in a lot of cases, even if somebody can afford to have in-home care, it may not make the most sense for them. There's, There's different parts to that. There's socialization. There's, you know, caregivers who come into the home. Some of them will cook. Some of them won't cook. So there's a lot of different other things that we need to look at. When we look at the whole picture and we look at what the finances are, and it's determined that maybe they the best thing for them would be to move into a community, then we want to make sure that the community that we recommend is the best community for them. Mm-hmm. We base that on a number of different things. Every When I was running a community, you know, my community felt different from, you know, a colleague's community down the street. Yeah. All of the buildings have a different personality. Um, and unfortunately, because of the labor issues that we've had and and that we're having everywhere it's not just south carolina it's not just the low country 
you want to make sure that the building that you put your mom and dad in has a strong leadership team, but also that they have caregivers there that have a history with the building and that have an attachment to the people there. Um, You know, administrators and nurses, you know, they're hard to come by these days. And when you move somebody into a building and there's a great administrator there and there's a great nurse there, you have to always keep it in the back of your mind. You want to build those relationships with those caregivers and that team that's there, that's been there for 15 years or that's been there if they're just open, that's been there from the beginning and that you can tell, like, that person loves your mom and dad. Mm -hmm. You want to build those relationships. And so just making sure that when I go in, I do a thorough assessment and that the recommendations that we make are the best thing for that family and that person. Um, I will say, you know, we we don't just, you know, I don't just look at it and say, oh, well, Jamie, let me take you over here to this community and let me take you to that community. You know, I know all of the buildings in the low country mm-hmm. and um, my partner up in the upstate knows all of the buildings in the upstate. Yeah. And we work diligently to get to know these buildings and to really become partners with the buildings so that we know what kind of care our, our clients are going to get when they go there. Yeah. So a lot of people, I, mean, I know myself, I mean, thinking about assisted living, before I knew anything about it, I remember thinking I would never put my parents in an assisted living. And I remember thinking about just all the negative things that you hear in the news and different things that you see and you hear rumors of. That's so far from the truth now that I know about that. So, what would you say to somebody who's there? They would, they would just would never put their family in an assisted living. What would you tell them now? The first thing I would say is that I completely understand that, and um, nobody, nobody grows up and says, "Oh, I want to move to an assisted living community." That's you know, that's not what we think about when we think about our older years. And I would say that you know, assisted living. You know, if you've planned accordingly and you have the resources, there are some really great options out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I also tell a lot of families, it's not always about aesthetics. It's not about the building that looks like the Ritz-Carlton. It's about those people that are in there that are going to be taking care of your mom and dad every day. Yeah. Those relationships are so much more important than um you know, what the build looks like on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we tell people that we, when we go in to educate the staff at an assisted living, I tell them every single time, listen, it is not the building that makes mm-hmm. the assisted living. It is has nothing to do with that. Now, that's all fine and dandy if you can have the nicest things and you can have the Ritz-Carlton, if you will. That's great. But it is the staff and it's the care that they give that makes the assisted living. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, because I've seen some that they don't have all the bells and whistles, and they're phenomenal, and they provide unbelievable care. They literally care for these people. They Absolutely. treat them like their family, and it's a completely different atmosphere than maybe one that does, but they don't have the same level of care. One of the things that I, you know, a lot of families, they will hire me and, and our company, which is Simply Seniors, you know, if they're out of town, some families are here locally, but they're kind of that sandwich generation. They have, you know, either kids or they have teenagers or even college kids and they're still working a full-time job. And then they've got mom and dad who, you know, just moved into a community. And so they're really stressed to the max. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in those situations, there's a lot of families who will hire us to kind of be the eyes and the ears. One of the things that I've I've learned over the years is that 
families rarely want to be the one complaining mm-hmm. and but they need to be heard so it's there's a there's a balancing act and a lot of times it puts families in a really bad position you know when they're always the one going to the facility and saying hey mom didn't get her meds last night or hey you know mom's room's a mess or hey you know i don't know what you guys are doing in the kitchen but the food's really terrible this week yeah so you know we we try to provide that buffer for them and a lot of it has to do with you know what is a reasonable expectation of care and and where do we have to help that family kind of manage those expectations when you've got a building that's got you know anywhere from 40 people to hundreds of people you, your person is the number one person for our company that we're we're going to make sure they're taken care of yeah but you have to temper that with you know I, I used to when I was running buildings I remember this lady who had a really um she she always meant well and she she was a great caregiver but she was very stern and very serious and one of the best caregivers I've ever worked with. But I had to remind her, add a little honey to it. So, mm. you know, you always want people, you know, if you go in with an edge on you, then it's going to be hard for them to to relate to you on a personal level. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things when I'm working in buildings and working with staff and working with, with people is – treat them the way that I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And so, and I always, you know, if, if I'm having trouble coming across about something, you know, I'll look at that caregiver and I'll say, you know, how would, what, if this were your grandmother, how would you want her to be treated? Yeah. And sometimes if you can kind of flip the script on that and mm-hmm. give them a minute to really process that, it, it changes the whole scenario. Uh, one of the cool things I did when I was running buildings, there was, you know, anytime somebody called out, if I couldn't find a staff member, I went in and worked that shift. And so I've done pretty much every job that they're doing. Yeah. And so I remember um, one night I was I was there in the middle of the night and, you know, we were doing our, our uh, hourly checks on people. And I went in, this one little lady, and she was kind of half hanging off the bed and and her covers were all messed up. And so I, you know, got her up in the bed and got her tucked in really good. And, you know, as I was doing it, you know, I can't remember what her name was, but I'll say it was Miss Sally. And I said, Miss Sally, it's Cindy. You're kind of hanging off the bed. And I said, so I'm going to get you up on the bed and get you all tucked in. So I, you know, I, I made her feel safe and mm-hmm. important. And I just kind of squeaked her in the bed and then I gave her a big hug and I told her I loved her and I walked out. And I thought about it, how many times caregivers go in those rooms and they're just doing their job. Yeah. You know, they're in a hurry. And so, you know, I started teaching them, you know, when you go in, talk in a soft voice, you know, let them know you're there. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, gosh, I would I would say probably 65 to 70 percent of my business is based around dementia care. Yeah. And those things, it sounds like such a small, simple thing. But those things make a huge difference to people with dementia. Mm-hmm. They may not remember who you are. They may not remember what you said. They may not remember what you did. But even somebody with dementia can remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I have watched uh, clients who have dementia curl up and literally withdraw when somebody walked into a room. And I've seen them, their shoulders drop and they relax when they've seen somebody different come in the room. Mm. So, you know, those things are important for family members. You know, if they don't have a good geriatric care manager or they don't have extra eyes, those are good things for people to look out for. Yeah. And then making sure that you handle it the right way when there is an issue. That's, you know, I see families all the time that are 
you know, they've taken mom out of, you know, two or three different facilities. Every single move is hard on that person. Mm-hmm. And it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And I love that you're advocating for the, the resident, you know, the family that, that you're working with. But you're also advocating for the, you know, the, the community, too. You're advocating for that administrator, for that caregiver, um, because you've been there. Mm-hmm. You know what they do. You know what the expectations are. And you can actually, you can, and, you know, where, you know, a lot of times a family member may just come in guns a blazing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if they you, you know, and they're, they're angry, they're mad. You know, you can go in with a level head. You understand what needs to happen. And you can even teach, you know. And make sure that they understand what needs to be done and what needs to be changed and 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 let them know, hey, there's some accountability here too, because you have simply seniors watching over you know the their loved ones. So uh, it, I think it's just a great thing. So uh, a lot of these places are very expensive. Even some of the ones that are, would be considered the lower uh, income are still very expensive. How do you help people working through that? Obviously, we're knowledgeable about VA aid and attendance um, assistance. We're also, you know, we work with a lot of lower income situations. And a lot of times families will say, you know, we can't afford that. But when we really sit down and look at the math, you know, one, there's not a lot of, there's Medicaid out there. It doesn't work for most people. Either they're out of that, um, especially in the assisted living memory care piece, Medicaid is not available to them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an income that's over the Medicaid threshold at all, within even five cents, you don't qualify. Yeah. So it's really looking at the whole situation and also tapping into things like, you know, if they have a life insurance policy that can be cashed out. Um, but it's tough. It's tough. It's, mm-hmm. you know, probably one of the tougher things that, that I'm challenged with is trying to help these families who who don't have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've partnered with, um, and when I say partnered, I don't mean, you know, we work for, but we have created relationships with some of these lower income um, cost places so that um, we can try to help. Yeah. So there's some cases, you know, we will try to help them figure out you know, who to go and see. Mm-hmm. But if we can figure out how to help those who are in that middle place where they don't qualify for Medicaid, right. but they don't have really enough to afford one of the nicer places. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I tell families all the time, there have been situations where somebody's at the cusp of being able to afford kind of the next um, care level as far as aesthetics and all those kinds of things. Somebody is almost at that line where they can afford a nicer place, but not Mm -hmm. quite. Yeah. I never want somebody to tap out every month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can find them a good place with great care, that's less expensive. That's always going to be the direction I'm going to point that family to. Right. One of the things that I, you know, keep seeing over and over, and I may have already mentioned this is that, you know, you're in a crisis mode mom or dad's got to go somewhere they can't stay at home anymore oh my gosh i'm missing all this work you know it's a very stressful situation and that's the biggest thing is that i would tell families you know call simply seniors call me you know let's make sure we get them placed correctly the first time Mm -hmm. because like right now i have a lady who's uh in the crisis situation um, her daughter moved her into basically the, the place that she thought made the most sense. Um, but then, you know, when she called me to come in and, you know, help 
we looked at it and she's she's spending four times what her monthly income is and she doesn't have you know she doesn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank Mm -hmm. so based on what she's paying right now she's going to be out of money in a year wow and you know the daughter it wasn't that the daughter purposely made a bad decision it's that she was stressed she's under a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. the hospital's saying you got to take her somewhere she can't stay here and the daughter just, you know, she kind of got glazed over by the glitz and the glam of this beautiful place and thought, yeah. oh, I'd love for my mom to live here. Yeah, because you want the best for oh, your yeah. parents. You know? Heck, I'd love to live there. It's yeah. really nice. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is it really the right thing to do to spend through all of that money in a year? Yeah. We don't have a lot of Medicaid beds. Mm-hmm. It's it, We're in a, in a situation in South Carolina and other states. It's not just South Carolina. We're in a situation where... We don't have Medicaid beds. Mm -hmm. So it is more important than ever to make sure that when you place your mom or dad or your family member that you're making, you know, if you've got to go into your nest egg every month, then make sure that that's a conscious decision and that you've thoroughly thought out the entire situation. Um, I have everything from accountants, doctors, lawyers, actually a, a um, you know just tons of even one of the physicians that I have consulted with before he actually hired me to help take care of his mother and the reason is because you know Jamie's really you're really great at what you do and you know that I mean like I can ask you any question about the things you do and you can snap it off mm-hmm. you know doctors lawyers accountants you know those people are good at what they do yeah and when they come to me they're like lost they're like I can operate on somebody. I can treat kids with cancer. I can do all these different things, but I am lost. I don't know yeah. how to handle dementia. I don't know how to handle my mom. You know, I don't know how to handle her repeating herself. I don't know how to handle her making bad choices. And so that's where we come in and really just work with that family where they are and figure out what the best plan is. I think that sometimes people feel like if they're getting help from a geriatric care manager or, you know, for service like this, that it's something they should be able to do for themselves. Yeah. Um, and the reality of it is I have had dementia in my family since 1996. Mm-hmm. So I've had um, two grandmothers and my mother-in-law, who I absolutely adored, who had dementia. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I do what I do is because I see what it does to families. Mm-hmm. And I also see how difficult it is. Yeah. And so in you know, in the job that I do now, yeah, it gets to me some days. But most of the time, I'm able to pick up where they are right now uh-huh. and help that family. Yeah. And so, you know, that's important because most of the time, unless somebody's being neglected, I can remove the emotion from it. Yeah. And just kind of say, okay, hold on now. Let's back up. Let's look at the facts. Let's talk through it what's the best thing for your mom? What's the best thing, you know, care-wise? You know, what's the best thing for family dynamics? What's the best thing financially? Mm -hmm. You know, and just looking at that whole picture and creating a long-term plan and then, you know, following through and making sure, yay, they moved into this great place. Are they getting their meds? Um, Do they feel loved and cared for here? Mm -hmm. You know, when I go in and visit on, you know, is everybody 
you know, oh my gosh, she's so cool. This is a great resident. You know, there are going to be difficult cases, especially with dementia care, where somebody's not an easy case. They're yeah. not the nicest person in the building. Right. And so it's it's helping that care team to figure out how to help that person. Mm-hmm. And so generally, if you look hard enough, you can find somebody that that person relates to. Yeah. And so finding that person for them is like finding your best friend. So just being able to create a situation for that person to where they feel loved and safe. And right. if you do it the right way, you put the right precautions in place. And a lot of times my job is just showing up. Mm-hmm. It's just being there and helping that care team to, to do whatever they need to do to help whoever it is they're caring for yeah. and understand where they are dementia wise, or if they're assisted living and they've lost a spouse and they're moving into a, you know, they've lived in their family home for 55 years yeah. and now you're putting them in a, an apartment that's beautiful and it's nice but it's not home. Right. So it's helping, you know, that staff to, to be able to relate to that person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's let's kind of zone in on dementia here because dementia is becoming more prevalent. We're not seeing we're not seeing a decrease. We're seeing an increase. Um, funds, you know, it's it's you know predicted that it could bankrupt Medicare someday. You know, with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, what would you tell a family who's starting to deal with that? They know, you know, their parents or, you know, their spouse, they're starting to deal with this and they don't know what to do. Where do you even start with somebody with dementia? You know, it's funny because I was with a a physician yesterday and his assistant and, um, you know, I've heard this over and over in the medical community. And again, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but, you know, a lot of times, dementia we need we need to broaden what you know when we're looking at dementia to start with in the early stages we need to really broaden that because what i'm seeing right now is that in the medical community you know i've been told this so many times it 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 really frustrates me people the doctors will say well just because they're making bad choices doesn't mean they have dementia well no we all make bad choices every day i mean if i leave here and go and eat a donut that's probably not the best choice but the reality of it is, is I'm seeing more and more cases where you've got somebody who typically is very intelligent, who's on top of things, who manages their money well and, you know, can run circles around you and me. And you've got this person who, let's say they were, and I've actually had one that that worked at MUSC for over 30 years, had a very um, important job there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had always paid her bills on time, had never had any issues, you know, all those things. So from an outside, everything looked like her house was being well-kept. Yeah. Everything looked like it was normal. She was only having surface conversations, though. So when you're coming outside, you know, she lived in a condo, you know, she's talking, hey, how's it going, Jamie? Everything's good. Yep. Oh, your dog's so sweet. You know, yeah, I'm going to the grocery store. No idea anything's going on with her. Yeah. But what I'm seeing is that these people, in a lot of cases, one, they will mask so that you don't realize that there's mm-hmm. something going on with them. a lot of times they know something's wrong. They do. And, and it's hard. I don't think they would be able to verbalize that, but they know something's not quite right. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing over and over again is um, in these early, early stages, you know, they're making bad choices. You know, I had mm-hmm. a I had a, um, a family that I worked with uh, a couple of months ago where the husband had, you know, been very 
prominent um, businessman and had always done all the finances, did everything. Yeah. Wife, home, homemaker, um, trusted him, did it. He did all the money stuff. And they had done very well for themselves. You know, in the years before it was very clear that he had dementia, he made really bad choices, choices that in his prior 65 years he had not made. Mm-hmm. So when you see people taking risk or, you know, I would say, you know, if your family member is not wanting to talk about anything except for surface stuff, you know, the weather, you know, Johnny's soccer game, you know, those kinds of things, you know, you need to dig deep. You need to find yeah. out, are they making good choices? Right. And it's more about protecting them. I have seen, um, I can't even tell you how many cases now where, you know, I've got one family who the mom has went through over a million dollars and just frivolous spending. She has four cars with four car payments and her house is mortgaged to the hilt. Wow. They had $1.1 million in the bank. She's gone through all of it, but 100000 So my question at this point is, were those choices that she would have made had she not had some early dementia going yeah. on? You know, they can pass the mini mental exam fine. So I would, you know, I would have real conversations with with your family up front mm-hmm. um, as we age. And if there's any indicators that there's anything going on, you know, if if mom or dad, you know, if and it's so funny because a lot of kids will tell me adult children will tell me, yeah, mom won't talk to us about money. I don't know how much money my mom's got. Um, I, she could have a million dollars. She could have. $200. I have yeah. no idea. And one of the things that's really cool with with us is that, you know, I've never went into a situation where they wouldn't tell me what what the situation was. Yeah, right. Now, they may say they don't want to talk about it in front of their kids. Um, and so I, you know, I talked to that family about that. You know, do we mm-hmm. really want to figure this out or do, you know, do you want to keep staying where you're at? So if the answer is we want to we want to know what's going on, we want to have a clear picture, we want to be able to be there to help mom. Then I'll say, hey, let me go in and talk to her. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, you know, their fears are eased. And then there's been quite a few times when, you know, mom doesn't know that she's not making good choices. If she right. did, she probably wouldn't make those choices. Exactly. And so that's one of the things that I'm struggling with a lot with with you know even the medical community is is okay. Well, just because they made a bad choice doesn't mean they have dementia. Absolutely, 100. percent I agree mm-hmm. with that. But if they're consistently not making choices that they would have made prior to mm-hmm. this point in their life, we need to be aware and we need to be stepping up. Because yeah. after, like this other family where mom's gone through a million dollars and now they're literally, it's it's a mess. Yeah. So that's, that's not when you want to figure out that there's something not quite right with mom. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's so needed for somebody to be able to step in and, and take control of the situation. Because it can be difficult to talk to your parents about those things. It can be very tough where that generation a lot of times is very private about money and, you know, their life and different things that they don't talk about with their kids. Um, And a lot of pride there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're very prideful. So having that buffer for somebody else to come in and evaluate and see what's going on and ask the right questions, too. I think that's key is asking the right questions that they may not be thinking about. Like, yeah, mom is doing that, you know, quite often. You know, okay, well, maybe we have something here. And then being able to steer them in the right direction. 
because um, there are different places placement for I didn't know this until I started working in this industry. You know, there's specific memory care communities that they can go and be a part of and they get that extra layer of care that's so good for them. People look down upon those sometimes, but they are phenomenal. They are just so good. They have the staff that's specifically geared towards helping people with dementia. And and I know you place people there all the time in those situations. So, So how can people find you? How can people get a hold of you? that need this extra help here? So we have a website. It's um, www.simplyseniorservices.com. And we also have a, a Facebook page, which is Simply Seniors. And um, so I handle the low country, and my partner, Ben Edwards, handles the upstate. Um, I am uh, involved in both of those those uh, locations um, and go up to the upstate as often as I can Um, but Ben does the upstate so he has Greenville Spartanburg Um, he does actually work down in Newberry sometimes Um, he's out in Pelham and um, Simpsonville and all those places up in the upstate and then I am you know in the low country I do Charleston um, you know all the areas around Charleston Somerville Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we are available for phone consultations as well. If you are in a different location, a different state, um, you know, I'm always happy just to, to have a quick conversation yeah. with you and give you some pointers. And the other thing is, you know, we, you know, if you need ongoing, you know, help and I can help via phone, then I'm happy to do that as well. That's awesome. And I love it because I know you're passionate about what you do. You're really passionate about helping people and serving families that are in these crisis situations. And even not in the crisis situations, they're just like, hey, we need some help here. We need some guidance. We need some direction. Um, I love what you do. I'm so glad that you're doing it. You make our community better here in South Carolina. And uh, thank you so much for all you do. Thank you so much, Jamie. I appreciate this opportunity. Thanks. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month, on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits at this event. You'll hear from a couple different speakers, and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't regret it. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on Facebook and at LTC University on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.